Welcome to Sunday Night Dinner, a podcast that cooks. I'm Suzanne Hancock, and this is our fourth episode, and the response has been amazing. Thanks so much to everyone for listening in your kitchens and your living rooms, on your bikes, on highways, and thanks for trying out these recipes. One listener wrote to say she never made pies. That was her mom's thing. But chef Suzanne Barr from Saturday Dinette inspired her to make apple pie. And even my mom, remember her? I hated cooking. I hated the kitchen. It's the only room in the house I didn't like. Said she couldn't wait to make French onion soup. Shocking. The best response we hear is that the show is making you hungry. And the cure for that is to go to our recipes page and cook along. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't yet subscribed on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, please feel free. It just means that the most recent episode will be downloaded into your My Podcasts folder as soon as it's available. You can also check out photos of our guests and their beautiful creations on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. So for some people, Sunday night dinner is the last gasp of freedom before the work week begins. It's a day to spend more time cooking, and for others, it's the night to avoid cooking completely. And for some... Sunday dinner that really works is something that provides some leftovers for the week. That's Chef Eshin Mott, recipe developer, food stylist, mom of three, co-author of the cookbook Whining and Dining, Mealtime Survival for Picky Eaters and the Families Who Love Them. She was also the food editor for Today's Parent magazine and the associate food editor of Chatelaine magazine. And she's going to make a Spanish tortilla, or as my lovely friend Yanina would say, Tortilla Española, or Tortilla de Patatas. A Spanish tortilla has more in common with an omelette or a frittata than the corn or flour tortillas used to wrap burritos or enchiladas. Here's Yanina again. A tortilla in Spain is like a small cake, and it has layers of thinly cut potato, and it's thick. Actually, the word tortilla is small cake. So what's the hardest part of making a Spanish tortilla? Flipping it. It's There's so many things that could go wrong. It breaks, it could stick to the pan, sometimes it's very heavy and you're not strong enough. Do you have any advice for people when they flip it? Um, get a Spanish grandmother. Yeah, that's my advice. Well, we didn't have a Spanish grandmother in Eshin's kitchen, but Eshin flipped it and she'll talk you through how to do that near the end of the show. Before we get to the tortilla though, I asked Eshin about how she became a chef. Where did you study cooking? I went to George Brown. So I did a... I did an English and women's studies degree, and then I thought I wanted to be a teacher. I went and taught in South Korea, and then I discovered I really didn't want to be a teacher, and I spent all of my time wandering through the wacky mm-hmm. Korean markets, because Korean people eat so many fascinating things, and there was such a language barrier, and I'd be like, I don't even know what, like there'd be 50 greens at this little cellar on the sidewalk, and I don't recognize any of them. So we came back from South Korea and I went to cooking school. And then you worked in restaurants? I did, I worked in restaurants for a while. How did you like that? Um, It's a really hard lifestyle. I did end up in one kitchen with a female chef that was a little bit more friendly, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better 
wait, but I didn't want to do that for a life. No. And I did, I remember I interviewed for a job in a kitchen and the chef was clearly trying to make me cry in the interview because he didn't want women in his kitchen. And the feminist me was so determined to say, I'm gonna come in there and do it anyways. <laughs> if he's trying to make you cry during the interview, do you really want to work for him? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Eshin didn't let that dampen her enthusiasm for cooking, and she's going to talk us through the preparation of this beautiful, comforting meal. Here's what you'll need for the Spanish tortilla. So the ingredients would be olive oil. So we're going to need a cup of olive oil and two and a half pounds of potatoes. And I like Yukon Golds or yellow flush potato. Um, two and a half cups of chopped onion. And we need some smoked paprika. Uh, I like to add in chorizo, which is not classic. It is delicious. Um, and 10 large eggs is what we need sort of for our main dish. And then alongside, I have two pints of cherry tomatoes and we're gonna need some garlic and some herbs, which is fairly loose, but I like to use parsley and thyme usually. And then as the ingredients for the salad. So we're going to start with the roasted tomatoes, which will go on top of the tortilla. So I'm a big fan of sauces um, and easy saucy things. And so one of the things I like to do, and I do this with fish sometimes, or it's good with chicken, goes really nicely with the Spanish tortilla, is just roast some tomatoes. And I love cherry tomatoes because it doesn't matter what time of year it is, they taste good. Big tomatoes are only good in the summer, but cherry tomatoes actually, especially if you're going to roast them, have good flavor pretty much all year round. So it's like one of my go-tos. I'm going to put the oven on. I'm going to turn the oven on for about 425. Again, this is totally flexible. If you had something else in the oven, you could do it lower and slower or higher and faster. It really doesn't matter. You just have to watch it a little bit. And I've got, I love doing them in metal because it conducts heat better and it roasts them and gets a little bit caramelized at the edges, which builds more flavor. So I've got a nice old enameled cast iron dish that I'm going to roast them in the oven with. I'm cutting them all in half too. You can actually, you can roast them whole, but I like it. They, they get more saucy if you cut them in half, which is kind of our purpose for this. You can hear I've got a micro serrated knife, which is the best thing to cut a tomato with. It does make kind of a funny sound when you're cutting. I find cherry tomatoes are like the gateway tomato too for children. Because mm -hmm. if you have like a pot on your back deck, you can turn a lot of tomato haters into tomato triers at the very least. If you've got, you know, a nice plant growing in the sun, summer, candy flavor of cherry tomatoes is a really good one. I've got a couple of cloves of garlic here. I'm going to probably chop two for this. Again, you don't have to, but I'm a big fan of garlic. I think it's good for you. I like the flavor. And I'm not going to chop it very fine for this because when you're slow roasting things, don't want it to be too fine or it'll burn on the bottom. 
just going to put them on top of the tomatoes. And a good amount of olive oil. Spanish meals involve a lot of olive oil. So probably about a tablespoon or so on top of here. And a good pinch of salt. I'm big about kosher salt because I like the way it feels. Good grind of pepper. So I've got about a teaspoon of chopped fresh thyme. And then we do some Italian parsley too. This looks like a very generous one tablespoon or so. And give that a little stir and throw it in the oven. The Spanish tortilla is perhaps the most recognized Spanish dish, and it is said to have originated in Basque country. There are regional differences in ingredients. Some places use onions, some don't. Some include red pepper or chorizo. But it doesn't matter where you go in Spain, you'll find some version of this dish as a snack, as a sandwich, or a main dish. So the thing for a Spanish tortilla is you really need a great nonstick pan. Remember Yanina's warning? It'll make the flipping much easier if you have a nonstick pan. I promise. Back to Eschen and the chorizo. So this is a dry Spanish style chorizo. You can also buy ones that are more like a fresh sausage. This is the cured kind that you can eat as is. And depending on the brand you buy, sometimes you can actually peel the casing off if you don't like that sort of hard texture, but mostly I leave it on because I can't be bothered. So I'm using, it comes in a loop and I'm gonna use half a loop, which is probably gonna turn into about three quarters of a cup chopped. And I'm gonna chop it pretty small because I think partially because I didn't grow up eating red meat and for me smoked things like shorhizo, it's more about the flavor. They're like a, a condiment that I'm adding as opposed to a meat that I'm adding. So I tend to prefer it quite small. Um, it is quite a chewy sausage. It has a lot of fat in it, part of what makes this delicious. So yeah, probably it's about a half inch dice that I'm chopping here. I'm going to put my pan on medium and I'm just going to add just a tiny bit of olive oil to the pan to keep it moving around. So one of the things I've learned about non-stick pans is that if you want them to last long, you never ever cook on high heat on them. Only like medium, medium high tops because it wrecks the finish on them and they don't last very long. I'm gonna let that cook for a bit. And we need onion next. So we're gonna need about two and a half cups chopped onion. And I just like the regular yellow onions for this. While the chorizo cooked for a few minutes, Eshin chopped the two cooking onions into a small dice. If you're cooking along, you're gonna chop those onions. I asked her about Sunday night dinner when she was growing up and what Sunday night is like for her now. I'm sure that it was, you know, as it is for most of us, 
easy at the time. And my mom did lots of things like bake bread. So I'm sure that we did a lot more of that on the weekends. Yeah. But I think that it's mainly as as I left home that Sunday dinner has become more of a thing. For the family, it's nice if we can have mm. a Sunday dinner. If you have the luxury of that time, and usually I try not to shop on Sunday. I don't find that super pleasant to shop and then cook all day. In university, we had I lived for a while with three other girlfriends and we had a rotating Sunday dinner. So clearly it was something that we all felt intuitively was a thing. And we took turns making Sunday night dinner. I asked Ashen if there are things that she makes now that her family would say, oh yeah, Sunday night dinner. Classic roast chicken, which sometimes in the summer is barbecue, charcoal, especially on the weekend. Again, that's sort of a laborious, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. slow process. I think that's probably the classic thing, but I get bored of it. I'm a recipe developer and a food stylist, so there is endless weird stuff happening in the kitchen at right. all times. And so they're like, what's for dinner tonight, mom? Tonight, it's Spanish tortilla. Let's get back and see how that chorizo looks. Chorizo has some nice browning on it now and a bit of the fat has come out of it, which is great. I'm not going to get rid of that fat because Spanish tortilla is, has a lot of fat, so I'm going to keep that fat in the pan. So I'm going to take it out for now because if you cook chorizo forever, it just gets rubbery and hard and unpleasant. So I'm just going to take that out of the pan. And I'm going to add in our onion. I chopped up. It looks like about two to two and a half cups of onion. It's two regular cooking onions. It's funny when I was younger and when I also when I'm developing recipes, I can be very precise about all of these things. But the reality of most home cooking is you use what you have, and it makes more sense to cut up two onions than cut up two and a half onions. I will just round up or down for the most part for home cooking it doesn't matter that much it matters with baking it doesn't matter so much with cooking mm -hmm. so i'm adding a bit more olive oil i all told in this recipe it's going to be a shocking amount of olive oil i'm warning you now <laughs> but the true spanish recipes use like two cups of olive oil and i do not go there so I probably just added another tablespoon to the pan. And I'm just sauteing, you can tell they get a little softened and maybe a little tiny bit of color. I'm just going to turn the pan down. Sort of the labor intensive thing of a Spanish tortilla is um, cutting the potatoes. And so I cheat and use the mandolin. Also, strictly for a Spanish tortilla, you would peel them, but in family cooking, I find if you can leave the peels on and have a little bit of extra added vitamins in places where it doesn't matter, I leave them, so I'm gonna leave them. And I'm slicing them, say about a quarter inch thick. And if you don't have a mandolin, you can, you can totally do it by hand. It's just more time consuming. Yeah. I think you could probably use a food processor slicer too, but I don't ever, I kind of forget that you can bring it out for that. Yeah. The only thing with 
using the mandolin because you have to have your wits about you and not be drinking too much wine. Yes, you can cut yourself quite badly, so pay attention. And use the finger guard. So you're trying to get round-ish pieces, you know, with your potato, but it, mine doesn't quite fit on the mandolin, so I'm turning it a little bit. You just want them to be kind of a uniform thickness. Onions are nicely cooked on the side here, so I just turn the pan off for a minute. So typically with a Spanish tortilla as well, you don't want any color on the potatoes and the onions. It's the traditional way. You cook it so slowly that they just get soft. But I actually really like the flavor of a little caramelization, so I let that happen. I know it's not right, but I like the way it tastes. I think that's the great thing about cooking is in your own kitchen, you can do it any way you want. If I was writing an article on Spanish food, it might be a different thing. I also grew up watching Julia Child where she dropped things on the floor and said, you know, what no one knows. So you're going to keep slicing those potatoes, two and a half pounds. Then you'll add a little more olive oil to the pan and you'll pile the potatoes on top of the onions. So I've just poured in another bunch of olive oil. I have a measuring cup here that started with a full cup of oil and I'm not going to probably use it all, but it's good to sort of see. And I'm layering my potatoes in. So right on top of the onion. Right on top of the onion and it's going to look like too much, but potatoes shrink quite a lot when they're cooked. And from here, I'm going to give them a lot of salt and pepper. Um, but you basically, you want to put in enough olive oil to be able to sort of slowly cook them. And traditionally, you would pour in that whole cup and then you would pour off the excess. I find that a little bit wasteful, so I try to use a lot less and not pour anything off. But if you want it to be good, it's still going to end up being like a half a cup. And this is the part that makes it Sunday dinner because it's you have to be very patient with this part. And maybe you've got the newspaper behind you to look at because you're going to give it a stir every little while and let the potatoes sort of slowly soften and cook down until they're quite tender before we add the eggs. With the potatoes, I'm trying to sort of here and there move the cooked potatoes that are on the bottom up to the top and vice versa so that they will all cook through in the end. And it's just on quite low heat right now. So I like to serve this with a bunch of different things, but I'm going to make a salad today because I find texturally you want some crunch when you're eating something soft. Again, I always have lots of odds and ends in my fridge as a recipe developer and food stylist. So I've got a couple of different kinds of lettuce, which I really like having a mix of flavors and textures in my salad. My kids don't always love that, but, but this kind of a meal is one of those things that you can build bigger or smaller depending on, you know, if suddenly you decide to invite friends over for dinner tonight, you add like 
a good loaf of crusty bread and maybe some olives and maybe mm -hmm. you roast some peppers and I love doing um, like a Spanish style garlic shrimp which is just sauteing shrimp with lots of garlic and a little sherry and olive oil and salt and that's a really excellent little easy side dish to go alongside that takes like all of five minutes if you have a bag of shrimp in your freezer um, but yeah, I'm big on having different textures. That's something that's always important to me. So mm -hmm. the tortilla is going to be soft. The tomatoes are going to be soft. So you need something with some crunch and some lift to it to make it a really satisfying meal. I was reading somewhere recently, this all comes because kale, the whole kale craze. I think a kale is a totally overrated vegetable. I think it's fine, but not, you know, the be all and end all. And I read something very recently that was talking about the micronutrients of greens. And I think iceberg lettuce, iceberg lettuce, first of all, has micronutrients, which I found shocking. So now we're allowed to have <laughs> iceberg lettuce again, <laughs> but it was not that far below kale, which was impressive. But the thing that was at the very top of the list, and romaine was pretty high up as well, but Swiss chard is better for you than kale, and the thing that was at the real top was uh, watercress. Since we recorded the show, I'd love to say that I've been eating nothing but watercress, but that wouldn't be true. After Eshin washed the lettuce, she went back to the potatoes and moved some of the potatoes from the bottom of the pan to the top, and some of the less cooked potatoes from the top to the bottom. So you'll see that there's like a little bit of browning on some of the potatoes, which to me looks appetizing and and the onions have also gotten a little bit golden. Again, not traditional, but very tasty. All right, our tomatoes are looking like saucy and bubbly. I'm just gonna take them and put them on the back of the stove to keep warm. This is where you need to have like a lovely crusty loaf of bread because you're going to want to sop that up. So we have over here 10 eggs, which is a lot of eggs. I started buying not long ago these lovely Mennonite eggs and this woman had a little business of selling them directly from the farmer and she wasn't keeping them in the fridge and I asked her about it and she said well as you know we have a when you sort of know the whole process in the food chain like we have so little salmonella here but you know you can totally keep eggs out we just don't in our culture which made me a lot less paranoid about mm -hmm. keeping eggs at room temperature um, but yes definitely for baking it makes a huge difference because they are incorporated much more easily into batters. That's nine. <laughs> nope, that's eight. There we go. Lots of eggs. Using a whisk or a fork, you'll beat the eggs until they are uniform. Just beat them till they're uniform. And I'm sure there's probably a good measurement for the salt that I'm gonna put in here, but I'm gonna say like, this is kosher salt. So kosher salt is less salty than regular salt. It's a coarser crystal. So I've probably just added about a 
teaspoon plus into the eggs. And a couple of grinds of pepper. You need quite a bit of salt in this recipe because potatoes soak up a lot of salt. You'll set the eggs aside until the potatoes are done. Eshin checked on her potatoes and here's what you're looking for. Just gave that another good stir and now it's it's almost done. So what I'm looking for is that the potatoes, I want the potatoes to all look kind of translucent and not have that white hard bit in the middle. And they are breaking up a little bit like the ones that were on the bottom a little longer. Might be a little bit broken up. But I just want them to be all sort of translucent before I add the eggs. So I'm just gonna leave that and go back to my salad. So going with my kind of green, crispy flavor for my salad, I've got some cucumbers I'm going to slice up. I think in the spring we're so desperate for flavors again after a long, cold, dark winter. So anything that tastes green is super appealing. And I like a little bit of something oniony in a salad like this, so I'm just going to use one little green onion. Cut it up really small. Generally with kids, especially when they're young, you kind of, anything that you think they might not like, you have to go two in one of two directions. You're either doing it so big that they can easily pick it out, or you do it so small that they can't really pick it out and they don't really know what they're eating. So you have to pick which strategy. I'm sure that if these were big green onions, they'd get picked out. So I'm gonna cut them small. All right, and I'm going to also cut up an avocado, which I could live, it's probably my desert island food would be an avocado. I could probably just be happy with avocados. So I'm just going to look back at my potatoes and now they are all looking like nicely soft. So at this point, I'm looking, there is a little bit of a slick of olive oil in here, which if I was being really weight conscious and it was January 1st, I might pour off. But I'm going to say I, I'm seeing like two tablespoons worth. I think I'm gonna leave it in. So back to our smoky kind of quirky condiment flavor profile. I'm gonna add my chorizo back in, but I'm also gonna add in a bit of smoked Spanish paprika, which I love the flavor of, and a little bit of the heat is not a bad thing. And I'm gonna put in about half a teaspoon. And you wanna let that sizzle a little in the oil so that it gets really flavorful. I just kind of put it in the side where I can see the oil. Let that do its thing. And then I'm going to kind of slowly and carefully stir this around to incorporate it. Anything with a spice, you want to sort of saute in oil because that's what makes it not taste raw. Okay, so at this point, I'm now going to kind of spread out all my potatoes and flatten them down a little. I'm going to add in all of my eggs. So I'm just thinking back to the last time that I made this. I tried to make this on a non-weekend night. And it's one of those things that you can make faster, but you lose so much of the flavor that it was kind of sad and disappointing. I'm happy to be able to be doing it today and taking the time to do it the way that I know it will taste delicious. So I've added all the eggs in. 
And I'm just moving the potatoes around a little bit in the pan so that the eggs kind of seep in between all the layers. And I'm kind of pressing all the potatoes down so that they're pretty much just covered by a thin layer of eggs. And it's just nicely below the rim of the pan. Okay, I'm going to leave that on low heat for a little bit. Just eggs cook pretty quickly and you want them to be cooked nice and evenly. While we're waiting on that, I'm going to make some salad dressing. I actually have some Spanish olive oil. I'll use that. And I love sherry vinegar. It's a little bit harder to find, but it's such a nice flavor. Use the and I'm going to add a little bit of grainy mustard and usually a little bit of something for sweetness. So I'm going to use a little bit of maple syrup. So I like making salad dressing in a mason jar because you just shake it up and it's done. And I like my vinaigrette sort of a normal traditional vinaigrette is one part vinegar to three parts olive oil, but I like mine a little sharper than that. So mine's more like two thirds and one third. And a little bit of salt, pepper. So I'm just putting in a little bit of maple syrup, like a quarter teaspoon or so. Shake it up. I always taste it on a leaf of lettuce because that's the best way to know whether it's going to taste good in your salad. So the tortilla had been cooking for about 15 minutes and I was wondering how to tell if it's done. The eggs are sort of setting up slowly around the edge and we're going to cook it until we see kind of it will start to lift a little in the middle because there are kind of bubbles of the egg coming up. And you can cook this for like a really long, slow time, or you can be a little bit faster with it. I'm going to aim for somewhere in the middle. I do try to get it 99% cooked on this side, and then generally I will turn it over. But like, you can see how it's rising there. So that's telling me that it's cooked on the bottom. This, a lot of what you're seeing moving around here is delicious oiliness and not so much egg. Let it cook just a little bit longer. I'm just taking a rubber spatula now and kind of working my way around this tortilla. And you can see that it's sticking in a few spots. Probably should have done this a little earlier. Again, why you need a really good nonstick pan. Alright, so my egg is looking nice and cooked. The only stuff that's kind of moving around in the top now is, yeah, some nice gooey olive oil, which is probably going to make a great mess when I turn it. And I'm working my way with a rubber spatula, like as far down and around under the tortilla as I can just to loosen the sides. This is the part we always have to take a deep breath. The flipping part. The get yourself Yanina's Spanish grandmother part. Seriously, don't be nervous though. 
Eshen didn't just flip it in the air and catch it perfectly in the frying pan. She used a big lid that was a little bigger than the tortilla, but you could also use a cookie sheet or a big plate, and then you're going to flip it onto the lid or the cookie sheet or the plate, and then slide it back into the frying pan. Again, as Julia Child says, what happens in the kitchen and no one sees, no one needs to know about. So if, if disaster falls, you put it back in the pan, you put it under the broiler. It's not a crisis. All right, put some oven mitts on because I'm going to be touching the bottom of the pan. And I just flipped it around. It worked. Amazing. So it came out perfectly right onto the lid. Yep. And now I'm going to just slide it back into my pan. So the bottom is on the top now, and yep. the top is underneath. And I'm just tucking the edges kind of on the one side, didn't go back into the pan. So just tucking them back in nicely. All right, I'm going to turn that pan back on. I'm going to cook it for just a few more minutes. And see if I was in Spain, what I'd be looking for is no brown there. A little, little bit of golden, right? You want the eggs to be a little bit of golden, but you wouldn't choose the potatoes and the onions to be that way. Yeah. And would you serve the tomatoes room temperature? Would you? You could serve them. It depends on the season. If you want something warm, all of this is good room temperature. I find mm -hmm. most Spanish food really is mm -hmm. designed to be eaten either way. That's why this makes a delicious lunch because room temperature, as long as you season things enough. If it's not seasoned well, it can be a little bit bland the next day. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe if you find that you haven't added enough salt, make sure you put something topping wise or do a little sprinkle of salt on your next day leftovers because it will need it. it salt gets absorbed overnight in the fridge. All right, so we've let that cook maybe about five minutes mostly cooked on the top before we even flipped it, right? So all we're trying to do is kind of set up the sides a little bit more on the bottom and I can feel that it's sort of nicely firm. This is like one of the only egg dishes that you actually kind of want to be on the firmish side, right? Because it's mostly potatoes in here. So you're just gonna slide it out. And you just cut it into wedges. You'll see nice layers of potatoes, a little bit of chorizo, and it cuts really neatly, actually. And if you let it cool completely, it cuts even neater still. And you can make tortilla into sandwiches. Put some spicy mayonnaise or something, some peppers and some greens in there. You can pretty much take tonight's ingredients and make a good sandwich for tomorrow's lunch out of it. Happy Sunday night dinner, everyone. Enjoy your Spanish tortilla. Sunday Night Dinner is produced by Suzanne Hancock. Music by J.J. Ibsen. A huge thank you to Eshen Maud. If you're in Ontario, Eshen's recipes are frequently featured in Food and Drink magazine, and there are tons of others available online. Check out our website for all the details. SundayNightDinnerPodcast.com